Welcome to another Apex Vaulting Podcast. Um, this is episode 83 with the Ultimate Pole Vault Club. Uh, we have Livio and Rosario joining us. And uh, especially during this time, I think it's super important to hear from people like Livio and Rosario. They are super positive. Um, I met them last year at Reno. And let me tell you, you could tell that the, the culture that they have at their club is amazing. Uh, so I wanted to hear from them about what's going on right now and just, you know, how their club got started, how they got involved in pole vault. Uh, I think you guys are going to really enjoy this podcast. Um, some, some great wisdom from Livio and Rosario. Um, if you enjoy the podcast, please make sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud. Um, also, now that we're doing uh, the podcast through Zoom, we're going to put the video portion on YouTube. Uh, you can also subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'd love to see some comments or reviews on either platform. Uh, if you have any comments or questions about the podcast, uh, please email us at apexvaulting at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. And you can also follow us on Instagram at The Real Apex Vaulting or Apex Vaulting on Facebook, Snapchat, Twitter, and TikTok. Um, enjoy the episode, everybody. All right, so uh, Livio Rosario, thank you so much for joining the podcast. Um, to, for those of you that don't know, you guys run Ultimate Pole Vault Club. Uh, you guys are out in California. How did you guys start the club? How did you guys get involved in the pole vault? Like, walks through that. You want to go first? Yeah. Um, okay, so our background in pole vault. Uh, so I was a former vaulter in high school. And I guess my journey began when um, – so I was a baseball player and I played baseball. Well, actually, I was a kid that played all sports growing up. So I played, you know, baseball season, you were able to play baseball, yeah. you know, football, basketball. And I was right. a kid running around doing stuff. And so I guess I was pretty athletic. I was able to pick up stuff. Um, but my uh, my senior year of – I'm sorry, my, my freshman year of high school, um, I got my first experience of politics, you know, like with baseball – you know, I thought I was going out for the team. I was going to make the team. No problem. You know, this and that. It's going to be a cakewalk. And, uh, you know, basically when I went out for tryouts, they kind of had the team already picked out. You know, I wasn't one of the favorites, you know, and yeah. it kind of, you know, it kind of was a kind of pretty, it was a bummer, but it was kind of like a blessing in disguise because I had buddies who were in track and field and they were in, in cross country and they were just like, hey, dude, you got to come out and try track and you'll love it, you know. And so that's what kind of, you know, steered me over to, to track and field. Um, and of course came over, did, uh, my freshman year, uh, I did a uh, cross country for a season. Okay. And then of course going into track, had a buddy, did pole vault, said, come out and try it, you know? Yeah. And of, co- of course, you know, pole vault was, was known for, um, you know, a lot of kids are like, yeah, I don't want to run. I don't want to do this. Let's go off and yeah, pole vault. Yeah. Right. It's right. like, let's do it. I know. The most technical <laughs> sport, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and uh, just, just, uh, thinking about a lot of the stuff that you already talked about, it's crazy it, it, because in most towns, I feel like if you don't start early enough with like baseball and football and stuff oh, yeah. like that, it's like you're not going to see the playing field. And I always think that's the great thing about the event of pole vault. Most schools, first of all, need a pole vaulter. I I rarely hear that a school is like, oh, we have too many pole vaulters. <laughs> right? Yeah. You know? And yeah. so like that's an opportunity where you can go out and, and prove yourself and compete. And the other thing is that's great about pole vault versus some other sports like Yes, I know it's clear cut win or lose in a baseball game or a football game, but to get to play, it's sometimes like you said, there might be some political things there where in pole vault, it's like you jump what you jump. Like if you jump 15 and you jump yeah. 12 and we can only bring one vaulter to the meet, the 15 foot guy gets to go. You know what I mean? And so you don't have to play that political game. So I think that's the great thing about our event. Right. And I mean, I think to piggyback off what Livio said, what got us started with pole vault was that. Um, our daughter or uh, my sister that we both raised together, um, her freshman year, she had, you know, she had played softball and she figured I'm going to go out and I'm going to make the softball team. Yeah. And it was, again, that reality check that unless you've played softball since you were in diapers, you're not going to make the team. So Livio right. suggested, why don't you try track and why don't we try pole vault? So that's kind of what got us into pole vault again after Livio, like he said, did in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, he went out there. She went out there, tried it after having played volleyball, basketball, and then, and then pole vault. And then he figured, Hey, you know what? Let me volunteer some of my time and get back into it. Um, and at the time they had a coach, they had a really good coach, coach Fuller. Um, and Livia was kind of just kind of helping out. And we remember with garden, like her, her goal, her freshman year was to clear six feet. 
mm-hmm. and ended up jumping 10-6. So that's kind of what got us into wow, pole vault. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, and, th- yeah. And, and I mean, the beauty of it, like you said, is Garden was athletic or is athletic. Um, she didn't have a gymnast background, but in three months, she went from zero to 10-6. Yeah. And um, that kind of, for a few years, we kind of, you know, he ended up becoming the, the, the pole vault coach. Mm-hmm. And then um, I think in like, I mean, I think from the beginning, we kind of just started helping other athletes out. You know how it is. You're at a meet. You don't know where your step is at. You don't have the pull you need or you don't know what to do. And he kind of just started helping athletes out. But I think about 2011 is where we started getting other kids starting to come out. And to be quite honest, we started the club because at the time, well, now you can't period. But at the time, you couldn't practice with your high school athletes on Sundays. So we started the club to kind of be able to provide some of that to our high school athletes. Mm -hmm. And little by little, we just started getting other athletes from other high schools, just coming out on Sundays and just jumping with us. And I think 2012 is when we started the club officially. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. About 2012, we started the club and then it just kind of, it's grown from there. I think we went from like having two kids to now we get maybe like 60 vaulters a season that are coming out from, yeah, from like six years old all the way to like our masters, which are like in their early fifties. Yeah. It's, it's funny too. Like you bring up that, like every state or County has like some weird rule about like when you could practice, when you can't practice. And I feel like that always holds back our sport too, because it's like, if you don't have access to a place to train, how are you supposed to one discover this sport and then get better at it? And I always like joke around with people. I'm like, look, I haven't conducted a scientific uh, study yet, but I, I noticed that if you have access to mats and poles, you get better. <laughs> pole poles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. And I mean, I think this was it two years ago was when CIF said, okay, period. Like your Roosevelt athletes or your high school athletes cannot jump with you, even if it's a club. So that was kind of mm-hmm. new for us. And, at the, t- at the same time, it's like for our athletes are like, well, can I go train at another club on Sundays? And it's like, our policy is no, when we're in season, you don't train at other clubs only because we've set up our training plan during the week to accommodate rest days, to accommodate right. days where you're just being a teenager and, or catching up on homework, not necessarily having to go elsewhere to train. But obviously we get, we have kids that train year round with us that don't have a coach or that don't have an established program where they're at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, wow, you know, first of all, I, it's such a, it seems like such a short period of time and boom, like all this happened, you know, like that, you you guys must be so pumped. I mean, to go from where you started to now 60 athletes basically year round. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, We're pretty excited. I mean, it's, it's kind of neat because um, we have a lot of athletes that come out and, you know, everybody's obviously at different levels, you know, and, and we're just, we're all about helping them out. So it's kind of like, like we had a post-collegiate athlete come out over the summer and said, Hey, I, you know, I want to jump with you guys, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, cool. Like, you know, we try to, you know, like a lot of the coaches and clubs, but we try to uh, kind of change it up their, their training schedule to them as far as like the program, what they're doing, you know, like, so it's like, what are you working on kind of deal, you know, versus just in a sense showing up and jumping, you know? Yeah, Which the yeah. funny thing is, most kids—that's all they want to do, anyways. Our club kids, you yeah. know, they just show up and they're like, "I just want to jump," you know. And we're yeah, like, yeah. "We have this drill today, you know. We're gonna do this drill." And they're like, "No, no, no I want to jump." And we're like, "This yeah, is gonna yeah. help you jump," you know. So let's work on speed today. Yeah, speed. It's like, and all of a sudden the numbers go. Like, where's everybody at? You know. Yeah. Well, and and you know what I think is interesting, and I think it's you know going back to what you said, Livio. Like when you first started pole vaulting, it's like. The, the whole like thing was, oh, pole vaulters are lazy. They don't want to run. They don't want to train. And some of that is actually true. I mean, some of the kids that ended up at the pole vault were the ones that wanted to sunbathe on the mats, you know, yeah. and track practice. But I think that's the thing is like changing kind of the mentality and the culture of pole vault. Like I always yeah. try to like talk about martial arts because I think as a sport, they've done a, such a great job with the belt system of giving respect to skill and not mm-hmm. just athleticism. Because you're right, there there are certain athletes that they probably can get away with just showing up to your yeah. jump days, and they're going to do very well in the county, the state, maybe even nationally. And right. But they're not going to hit their potential. And exactly. then on the other end of the spectrum is like you have kids where if they don't train, if they don't do the speed day, if they don't work on their drills, I mean – you know, they might not, not ever clear nine feet, you know? So it's like, you know, that's important is changing the mentality of like the work ethic. And I think that's the great thing. Like at my club, 
I, I just, I love seeing how committed some athletes become over time. They might, oh, yeah. like you said, they'll, they'll be the ones that are like, Oh, we're, we're doing circuits today after <laughs> I, I, I gotta go early. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got that thing. yeah. Yeah. But then it's like within a few months, you just see them become a part of the culture. And I'll see some kid that was always skipping out. Now, one of my d- most dedicated athletes. And I love to see that transformation. Right. And I mean, I think we've had like some of our roles about athletes, some of our favorite vaulters actually that, ha- that have came out are, like you said, the nine foot jumpers that, that it took them four years to jump nine feet. And they yeah. were so happy that that time that they got to PR. So, and I mean, I remember like one example for us is a girl that she was, she was in the band, super smart kid and never played a sport. And like Livio yeah. said, comes, comes out and tries out the most technical of the events and yeah. track and field, but her passion the the work that she put in, I mean, we, we'll never forget that. And no. Alyssa yes. was what? How many five years ago she graduated? Yeah, she graduated. Yeah. Years. So, and I mean, we still talk about her. We still so. we still talk about her. And yeah. then the funny thing is, even then, with when she came out, you know, she got bit by the bug, right? She she loved it. She's like, I just want to get better. What could I do? You know. So we were doing stuff, and we're we're trying to create, you know, drills of what could help her. You know, like yeah. this Cues, is gonna help yeah. her. These are the cues. This is so like we'd go to her and talk to her and like you know, and so. That's the kind of stuff that we took from it. And then, you know, of course, that's what she took from pole vault, the, the love, the, the, yeah. the commitment, and yeah. just what she took from that. And she actually came to visit us yeah. a couple of months back. We hadn't seen her for a few years. She just came and showed up, and yeah. she was just like, yeah. I miss it so much. You know, so it's just <laughs> that alone right there is just like, boom, you know, like, why we do all this, you know? Right. Yeah, no, 100%. And I feel like a, a couple things. One, with those kids that maybe are not super, super athletic, they discover – how strong and powerful they can become. Oh, you know? yeah. oh, yeah. Because normally in other sports, you know, you know, if you try to go out for the football team, the baseball team, the softball team, they might just shun you and it's like you're just not good enough to play. So they, right, they ignore right. you. Whereas in the pole vault, I, I, I hope most coaches are like you guys. You know, it's like you take in everyone and you're willing oh, yeah. to push them yeah. to reach their potential and they can discover that, you know what, maybe I came into this and I couldn't even do a single pull-up. And now mm-hmm. I can do 10 in a row. And okay, that's not world class, but that's a big thing for that person. You know, I think right. the other thing for us as coaches, I always feel like with those kids that aren't super athletic, you have to p- figure out every trick in the book yeah. to get yeah. them to jump higher. Yeah. And that helps us coach the better athletes because the oh, better yeah. athletes, we could almost become complacent. It's like, oh, oh my God, that girl's already jumping 12 or this guy's already jumping 14. It's like not a problem. Like, right. But now it's like by working with those athletes that you kind of have to really work hard and figure out new drills it helps the rest of the club i i mean that's how i always viewed it no i agree yeah and i mean i think like you know i mean we've been doing this 12 seasons now and and the one thing that i will say about livio is that you know we're volunteer coaches you know what i mean and and even though we're volunteer we're still out there year round because we love it but livio will come home and you know gosh sometimes it's like two in the morning and I wake up and I'm like what are you doing he's like I found this drill or I I figured out we're gonna do this to help so-and-so you know do this or or he's on the phone talking to other coaches and kind of picking their brains and like okay I have an athlete who's having a hard time with this what do you think so you know for me I love seeing Livio I've loved seeing love seeing his development as a coach and just always trying to find ways to help athletes and kind of like you were saying, to us, pole vault isn't just about going out there and hitting a PR. You're learning, you're learning, learning life lessons. You're learning how to work with people that ha- that have different personalities. They're learning how to work, you know, in a team or or as a team, right. and and being able to disagree or agree on things, and and being yeah. able to, to to do it in a manner that's going to teach you how to take it onto real life situations, like like in a working environment. Sure. A hundred, a hundred percent. I think the life lessons that, that athletes can learn from pole vault are, are lifelong. And that's why I think, like you said, you have athletes that keep coming back too. you know, whether they're coming in to just say hi and catch up, or you have people that are restarting the sport again as they get yeah. older, because they, they, they miss that too. Like we sometimes need that, like step away from, let's say like regular life and be able to play and figure out these things in something else like pole vault. And then we can reapply it to our life, you know? Right. And I mean, we have, I mean, perfect example for us. We have one of our master's vaulter, Frank, and he vaulted 
in, in our district way back when he's what, 40, 47, not to throw out his age out. Um, but he that, came and, that and old, all right? no, no, he, that's <laughs> no, not, like, no, no, not at all. No, but, um, you're like way back. I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I know. no, no, we're, we're right there. Um, but seeing Frank come out and this is his self care. This is where he's able to get away yeah. from work and yeah. how he, you know, basically takes care of himself. And we love that because he comes out there and Frank's just the most positive person you'll ever meet. You know, he'll come out. Sometimes he's there for maybe like 30 minutes and he's like, okay, I'm going to have to go. But in those 30 minutes that he comes out, he brings so much good stuff. You know, the other kids see him, he'll offer advice when it's asked, you know, sometimes we'll pick his brain and he's always willing to help. So to see someone that comes out just because they love it to us, I mean, that's, kind of where we're like, oh my God, okay, we're, we're doing the right thing or, or we're out here for the right reasons because like Lynn, brand new vaulter, 51 years old, decides to come out and try again, the most technical of the events and yeah. she got bit by the bug. I mean, yeah. she's she's doing everything she can to get better, so. Well, I mean, th- this is why, I mean, on, an, on another level and if we could like think past the current situation we're in with coronavirus, you know, I, I just... I think pole vault could be such a big sport, such a, such a big activity for so many different people. I, I feel like sometimes, unfortunately, in the pole vault, we constantly want to just talk about the Olympics and people going to the Olympics and world right. records. But it's like this is just, I, I think, a great total body workout. You know, I, I think also the mental challenge of figuring out the technique and then figuring out even the physical pieces you need. You know what I mean? It's like for some people, maybe they got to get their lower body stronger. For some people, maybe their upper body needs to get stronger and figuring out how to fit that all into the puzzle. I, I mean, um, I had one of my master's vaulters on the podcast, uh, John Mraz. His son started vaulting, you know, in high school and his son made him a bet. He goes, if I jump 12 feet, dad, you have to start jumping again. Well, he jumped 12 feet, so dad had to start jumping again. (laughs) And, um, you know, dad uh, only ever jumped 12 in high school. He was well over 200 pounds. His doctors were even saying he might need a hip replacement. Now he's 160 pounds. The guy looks amazing. And he jumped 12 feet last summer at Beach Park in his 40s. Yeah. It's it's so awesome. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, man, you can too. So you this, gotta yeah, do it. Was, it. was this an intervention now? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah we we planned this. This is yeah. good, good job. Right. Good job. Good job. All right. But but you know it's it's an amazing sport, and I I you know me and John have talked about it all the time. Sometimes you don't feel like working out, right? Like if I told you you had to go to the gym and do a workout, yeah. you're like nah. But if you could pull vault and do an activity like that, all of a sudden by the end of the workout, you got your blood pump. You're like, all right, I'll do a couple of sets of this or that, you know. And I think it is an amazing way for people to stay in shape. And then the the sense of community and culture, like I feel most pole vault clubs have such a positive attitude, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's something that would be great in everyone's life, you know. Oh, yeah. And so- I mean, we were just talking about that. I mean, all these memories keep popping up on my phone about three years ago you were here, five years yeah. ago you were here. And I was just telling Livio that one of the memories that came up was when Garden was jumping with uh, Taylor, one of our, one of our club athletes, and it was at the Mount Sac Relays. And, mm-hmm. you know, we look at the pictures and we look at just the fact that we train girls that are going to go up against each other or boys that are going up against each right. other. But the way that these kids support each other, you know, you're cheering the boys like last year, we had a group of boys that were just 15 footers and just, on the sidelines cheering each other on as they're waiting to go up. And we're like, that that's the beauty of this event that yes, that's your competition, but that's also somebody that you could cheer for because you know what it's like to be at the end of the runway, you know, telling yourself, okay, go to the pole. Yeah. Yeah. We just went up the pole. pole. This is it. Third to 10. Right. Right. So you, you understand that and just see them out there cheering each other or, you know, have, have them kind of become like a little family Mm. that that's again to us that I don't know. It's priceless to be honest. Yeah. So, so Livio, why, why don't you walk through a little bit more? I know we, we kind of cut you off. We got the freshman year. No, no, you're good. Uh, what else, how, did, how did you end up like falling in love with this event? Uh, so, so, okay. So I like the sport coming out. I did pretty good. Um, oh, I was, you know, I was doing okay. Cause I, you know, I was going to meets and I started winning meets and I didn't know how high was high. You know, I was like, well, I got first place. I mean, and in my eyes, it was kind of like, man, like, I didn't even really train, you know, because, you know, back in the day, again, yes, there was probably about five or six pole vaulters, right? And 
you just you know, like you nailed the a nail on the head. You basically the kids were hanging out, sunbathing, relaxing. Yeah. And the guys, I literally, I remember a kid going, you're working too hard, dude. You know, like, cause I took like more than like 10 jumps, you know, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, dude, but I want to get that next bar, you know? Yeah. And uh, so, so I got, kind of got bit by the bug because I started going to meets and I started winning meets and, and then, and it was kind of one of those things where I was like, man, how high can I take this? You know? Right. Um, so all this, so this whole journey began with that. And I guess, so the big word is opportunity, right? So, yeah. so it got, I got to a point to where, like a lot of athletes, a lot of schools, I ran out of poles, right? And then just training, you know, so you, you kind of, you kind of, uh, you have a lot of athletes that get that natural um, ability to jump a certain height, right? With their natural talent. And then they hit that wall, you know, and you hit that wall and it's kind of like, now what, you know? Um, and I didn't know what I was doing. So I was, in, I mean, I, I wish that's the funny thing I talk about it. Cause a lot of these kids are like, you know, and I'm like, man, my plant was probably here and I was probably just yeah. like, you know, like, right, right, right. So, um, I had an opportunity to, um, so every, I, here's what I, so I'm gonna back it up a little bit. So I think a lot of coaches should have like a technical model, right? They all talk about a technical model, like kind of like their, their philosophy, their style, you know? And yeah, so, yeah, yeah. uh, Brian Yokoyama, you know, Mount Sac, you know, he opened up his doors. So it just so happened that, uh, my buddy was a decathlete, pole vaulting and did all the other events. And then his dad was real involved with the sport and, uh, helped us out and he was friends with Brian. Well, it, he kind of connected me with Brian. Brian opened up his doors and he said, Hey, you know, I know you're in high school and all that, but come jump with us, you know, cause he mm. saw that I wanted to learn. I yeah. wanted, you know, I was asking around. And so I, I give, I give like a lot of this to Brian, you know, the, the, the opportunity he gave me to train with him. So then I started training at Mount Sac and I started training with uh, uh, Mount Sac college vaulters, you know, and mm. um, Mount Sac is, you know, pretty well known in the pole yeah, vault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, for anybody who d- doesn't know, I mean, Brian is the director of pole vault in America. Right. And, and, you know, and he's super, super knowledgeable. I mean, there was one time this year he called me and we started chatting on the phone and it was like, we went into like such deep rabbit holes of like oh. knowledge, you know, it's super, super, and super yes. great guy. Very And like you said, very, very open and willing to help anybody. Right. So, so that's how, so then I, I would basically right after school, drive, take my pole, you know, drive it, you know, to, yeah. uh, to Mount Sac, jump with Brian, jump with the vaulters there. And, uh, and then I just, I improved. I remember I improved. I think I was going, I was jumping 12, six with Brian. Oh, when I first started going to Brian, then I ended up jumping 14, six, like in a matter of like, just like, I want to say months. And it was because yeah. it was just like, as you know, like as a coach, like you're like, when you see a vault and you're like, man, if you would just either, you know, go to the next pole or go up a grip, like these yeah. small little things, you know, but like it was small little things are big, you know? Yeah. Pole, yeah. yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So long story short, that was my, that's how I got bit by the bug. And the funny thing is years go by, right? So I'm talking 17 years. Mm-hmm. And then I, I, um, so when our daughter garden wanted to vault in high school, we, you know, we, we kind of, kind of brought it up. So I kind of got back into it. I started asking around. Mm-hmm. So what did I do? <laughs> Drive to Mount Sac. Brian is still there, right? Brian's still coaching. You yeah, know? yeah. And uh, so I kind of, I was talking to Brian, I said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about coaching. What do you think? And he was just like, yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. that's totally awesome, blah, blah, blah. You know, what do you recommend? And, you know, like, so we go, we go over drills. We go over that. We go over that stuff and everything. And I remember uh, Brian telling me, you know, like, hey, um, just, so if you're thinking about coaching, here's what I recommend. You know, like, pick a couple drills. Don't like, don't go crazy with like a million drills at first. You know what I mean? But right, pick right. a couple drills, work on the drills. You know, uh, he's really big on the approach and, you know, pull carry, which we are. Yeah. So we worked on that and he goes, just be open, be, be open because every athlete learns different. Right. It's kind of like raising kids. Yeah. Like, you know, we have all of our daughters and their daughters, like they're just completely different. You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's like, no, what I, works I for her? two nephews and I, I yeah. can't tell you they're so, so different. It's crazy. Right. Yeah. 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 So, so we took that and we applied that in, in the coaching. And so that's how it was. And, you know, I just kind of want to give back kind of like, again, the opportunity he gave me, we wanted to do the same for these athletes and give them yeah. the opportunity and just like, you know what? It's like, just come out, jump and, you know, just whatever we could do to help you guys out, you know, right. cause that, cause he could have, you know, he, he could have easily just said like, no, like who's this kid? No, he can't come over here, but he did. Yeah. And with that, here we are, you know? Right. 
I, I think it's so, so important. And it's, so, I, I'm grateful that I've always come across a lot of people who are very open and giving, you know, yes. in the sport. Um, and I think that's so important for our sport to grow that people have this kind of open-minded attitude. Um, cause on the flip side, I do sometimes feel like, I, I don't know what you guys see or notice, but it's like, sometimes it's like, oh, if somebody's not jumping high enough, it's like, they shouldn't even have a voice. And it's like, wait, like we can all talk about this event. Like just because I've never jumped 20 feet, I can still watch a vaulter and be like, well, you know, this is a good aspect. Yeah. This is a bad aspect because how else do you become a coach? Like if you don't have develop an eye for it, you know what I mean? It, it, and look, I, I think it doesn't matter how high you jump, whether you're jumping 20 feet or you're jumping nine feet, there are still the same technical things. Like you guys bring up the pole carry and the run for me. I mean, like, that's the foundation. Like if you can't get that right, how, like we can't even talk about that later stuff. Like I was compared to like dominoes, right. And the pole carry and the run that that's the first set of dominoes that are rolling. And if that's already wrong, you're, you're making up for those mistakes the whole way, you know? Yeah, of course. Totally. I mean, that's just, that's, that's exactly it. You know, like um, we, we get a lot of athletes that come out and um, again, trained a little different. Right. And then they got, they got stuck. They hit that wall and then they're like, I want to jump higher, you know? And the funny thing is like, we'll, we'll watch them jump, you know, and we'll suggest something. And it's funny because we'll suggest maybe you should carry the pole, you know, instead of carrying it here, let's kind of bring it up again between a 90 and 75 degree and hold it, mm-hmm. you know, because you're kind of leaning back as you're dropping the pole, yeah. like, you know, or your run and right, let's work right, on right. picking your knees up. Let's work on the fundamentals and the, and the mechanics of the running, you know, and then, that's funny because they look at us and they're like, no, I want to jump high. I, I want to invert. I want to invert. You know, it's like, <laughs> right. So, so we're talking to them. I, you know I know. What I mean? And how about even like, you know, I feel like so many people obsessed. They almost, they almost coach the pole bend instead of the athlete. Like yeah. we'll hit a tail. Oh, well the pole didn't really bend. Right. We got to try to, no, no, no. Like we got to look at what the athlete is doing. The pole will react how it reacts. If oh, yeah. the athlete does things better, it will react better, you know? Yeah. Uh, right. But, but yeah, I think that's because again, going back to that, like kind of changing the culture of pole vault, right? Like there's that stereotypical, like lazy pole vaulter. And now we're talking about like work ethic, discipline drills, you know? And I always, um, have you guys ever seen Kill Bill, the movie? Oh yeah. <laughs> okay. So I always show the scene in Kill Bill 2 where the 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 grandmaster, he's training Uma Thurman. Oh yeah, yeah. He gives her the, the piece of wood and she's gonna <laughs> bust her fist through the wood. Yeah. And she she's like, she does it twice, like, ah oh, man, and he's like, You're giving up too easily. Like you gotta keep doing yeah. it. And it's like he just left her alone so she could break through that wood. And it's like, I, I try to instill that kind of mentality and culture at my club where it's like, no, 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 we can't give up just because something's hard or it's not quote unquote fun. Right. One, nice. you have to make those things fun in your head. Like doing those pole carry drills and pole runs, you have to make that fun because you know, at the end of the day, that's going to make you jump higher. Like I was having a conversation uh, with this one master's vaulter and he's a coach too. Um, and we were talking about drills and he showed me, you know, and and again, I think everything has its place, but I feel like people love these types of drills where it's like a rope tied to a pole and the person hangs upside down on the pole and the pole's Mm -hmm. bending and they're doing some weird drill. I'm like, yeah, I mean, that's fine. I'm like one, I mean, I, you think that's fun. I go, you know what I think is fun? PRing. So it's like get into the drills that we need to do to PR. Because sometimes almost in the public community, again, people get caught up with, with something that's like a, almost a fad. You know what I mean? Like it looks fun and, it look, and it's easy. But it's like, right. oh, we got to do the discipline stuff that's hard. You know, it's, it's hard yeah. to walk with the pole. It's boring. <laughs> you know what I mean? You don't want to do it. But those are the things that are going to get you better, you know? Right. And I mean, I think for us, we've been watching, you know, we've taken this time to kind of, we've been watching all the, you know, the coaching conference, virtual conference on Friday. I mean, and everything everybody's talking about is a run, the the speed, the mechanics. So, you know, we're kind of, I mean, because we're completely shut down. We're not doing any jumping at the school. We have a pit in the backyard for our own daughter, but nobody's allowed, nobody else has been allowed to come train with us. And you know, we keep trying to just, we send messages out. We do the Zoom meetings. We're having a Zoom meeting tomorrow with our team or our mm-hmm. club team and just kind of reminding them, continue to work on that run. You you don't need a pit. You don't need a runway to get better. Continue to work on the run. Continue right. to work on the pole drop if you have a pole. If not, grab a PVC. But, I mean, the fundamentals of pole vault could still be done without the pit. So keep working on that. And 
like you well, said, I see you guys post it. I mean, it, you, mm-hmm. you guys have athletes that are doing that stuff, which is awesome. Oh, yeah. Stronger and faster. Yeah. You know, this yeah. is like the time to get stronger right. and faster, you know, and then let's, let's apply this when we're, when we're jumping again, let's, mm-hmm. you know, let's see where we're at, you know? Yeah. Right. I um, mean, go ahead. And like, like Livio was saying, a lot of times, you know, our Roosevelt kids to our up kids, you know, Roosevelt, we have them on a program. When we see them, we're in season, there's a program set in place. Mm-hmm. Our up kids, we're honestly like a jumping club. You come Sundays and Wednesdays and you're jumping. And at the same time, it's been kind of nice that these kids have the opportunity to work on, you know, getting faster, getting stronger, the mental part yeah. of pole vaults. And, you know, just being able to take this time because a lot of the kids that we train for the club, they don't have a coach in high school. We we are their coach. They, you know, we'll be, there'll be times when they're sending Livio videos and okay, we're out of meet standards are at 60. They're on this pole. What do you think? Yeah. And he's, yeah. you know, yeah, he's coaching them over the phone or by text. So it's kind of nice right now that we've bit, we've given them like a, a plan. Okay. This is what you're going to work on. And as soon as we're able to get back on the runway, we're going to be ready to jump. So nobody should be at home, you know, sad that they can't jump. They should be doing something if their goal is to jump higher. Right. And the last podcast I did was with uh, Nick Homan. He's a 17, nine vaulter. He's coached also at central Methodist university. Um, and we were talking about that and it's like, I think some people struggle when they can't do their normal routine, you know, go to pole vault practice, do the training that they want to do, but it's like, try to focus on what you can do and be consistent with it. You know? So if that's, that's pole runs, you know, in the street, awesome. Just do that. Focus on that, you know? Um, And I think, I think that becomes really, really important. Um, You guys also brought up the the coaching series. Um, I want to get your opinion. What, which one stood out the most, which one was your favorite so far? I, I have a favorite. I'm going to share it Ooh. in a second. I mean, I just watched Pat's and I really, I mean, I really loved what he had to say. And honestly, because sometimes, again, we've been doing this for so long that sometimes we forget to go back to the fundamentals of like, okay, we need to sit down and tell the kids, okay, your warm up should look like this. You're, right. A lot of the kids have kind of just, okay, they've learned from the other kids. So for me, it, it brought me back to like, okay, we need to, remind them again that this is what you should be doing at a meet before the bar goes up and days before a meet. So that was my favorite. I don't know. Um, you know, I, 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 I like them all. Okay. So I like them all so far. And, I, and, and, <laughs> and we'll, we'll, so, okay, so listen, so I take bits and pieces of each one, you know, cause it's, and I'm like, okay, I see that. All right. I agree. Or, you know, cause we can all yeah. agree and disagree on a lot of philosophies, right? Sure. sure yeah. Okay. Which is interesting because you see it and you're like, hmm, and you, you're trying to make sense of what and how and, you know, but I really like Jimby Miller's, you know, his, his, I, I love. Um, so I'm a part of the national, co- uh, the coaching staff at the summit. Mm-hmm. So we do, when we have our coaches meetings, you know, we, they get together and we talk and I like to hear a lot of them talk. So I think this is actually really cool that they're doing this because yeah. this is kind of like what we're getting at the summit um, mm-hmm. as yeah. far as the meetings and the, the questions and the, you know, but um, God, I don't want to single out just and just say one. I like, I like. I mean, I really like them all. What about you? Um, <laughs> back, back to you. Yeah. So what I would say is one. I was very, very fortunate early in my coaching career. I went to an Atlantic City Coaches Clinic, and Jim B. Miller was there. So that was awesome. So I, I got to see him like do that live, and I was able to speak to him and and uh, Richard Fulford, who was one of his former athletes coaching in high school at that time. And so that that was super awesome. Uh, back to what you said about Pat Manson. I, I didn't actually get to watch that one yet, but yeah, I, at the club, like, especially whenever a new person comes, right. I have to like reteach the warm up and every little drill, but yeah. I do it in like a seamless way, but it's hysterical. Cause I can see some of the kids who have been there long enough. They could almost like word for word copy what I'm saying. Oh, yeah. But what I think is great is those kids really know the warm up. They really know the drills. They know how to do that on their own. And what's beautiful is a lot of times I'll have kids come to the club and be like, Hey, so this is video of like one of my kids from my high school. What do you think of this drill they're doing? So they're able to actually teach it, which I think is super, super important because I, I think it, it's very easy to kind of go through the motions and everybody just kind of goes through the routine and you almost don't pay attention as a coach to the warm up because you know, you're thinking about like whatever drill you plan for that day or getting them ready for the county meet or whatever. And it's, it's always, it, you know, it starts from the beginning. Everything's got to yeah. be coached. I want, I one time spoke to a, a coach. Um, I said, look, I don't know if you noticed this, 
but you're not paying attention to your middle school athletes warm up. I go, meanwhile, my college kids come in to warm up who've done it thousands of times. I'm meticulously watching the warm up. It's super important because going back to like, okay, what's the foundation? It's the pull, carry, and the run. Well, if they're not doing these running drills properly, there's a problem. Like, is their foot striking the ground properly? Is the knee height, you know, high enough? Or is it too high? You know, are they over-exaggerating things? So it's like, there's always things to manage. I, I always think of it like, you're building this clay sculpture and if it starts to lean this way, you have to bring it back this way. And then sometimes it starts to go here and then you got to bring it back to the middle. So we're almost trying to keep these athletes centered, you know, mm-hmm. um, that, that's just, you know, how I see it in my head. Uh, and then out of all the videos I've watched so far, I really liked, um, it was Tim Riley, right? Tim, mm-hmm. I think is his first mm-hmm. name. I loved his, uh, again, like you said, Livio, I don't think any, any two coaches agree a hundred percent. I think even people who coach in my building, who know our system that we may disagree on like, no, we should be using this drill or that drill. Or I'd like yeah. the left hand a little bit higher, a little bit lower. You know, we could disagree about little tiny stuff, which for non pole vaulters, they'll watch me argue with someone over like a, a video, two different jumps or something. And like, I, it's the same thing. I don't know what you guys are. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Um, but what I loved about, Tim Riley's podcast is like, he really has his process down, you know? And I think process is huge. Um, have you guys ever seen that, that one business show, the profit? I haven't. I'm not. No. Okay. So it's one of these business shows and these, this guy goes in and saves businesses, you know? And, and the thing he, he has like, I think the three P's. So he's like people, product and process. Mm -hmm. Right. And so it's like, I feel like Povolt, we have the perfect product. Povolt is really great. You have to have the right people doing it, but you have to have a process. You know, how do you introduce new athletes into your, into your club? You know, how do you make the warm up flow one drill into the next where it's like very seamless and then get onto the pit and finally start your drill progression and then actual jumping, you know, if that's what's planned for that day. And I, and I, that's what I hope a lot of people took from that Tim Riley uh, video was that he has a process down when a new person comes in, this is what they do. And this is how they get integrated into the regular practice. And boom, it's, it just, you know, it's seamless. I almost think of it like an assembly line, you know, there you go. Right. Yeah. We got a new one coming in. Here we go. You know, put them yeah. through the process and ah, here we go. You know? Yeah. Right. Cause I, 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 again, you know, and maybe you guys can talk more about your process too, but sometimes, especially early when I started coaching, I would go and visit, let's say, maybe not even clubs, but certain high school coaches, you know, and I would watch their practices and I was like, this is like all over the place. Like <laughs> I mean, there, yeah. there, there would be places where they didn't even put a tape measure down. They would still just have their kids run their steps back. And then you just jump from your full approach, the whole practice. And I'm like, I don't, how do people not see that this is why there's not enough progress. Right. Um, but at the same time, I guess the trick is, for someone who's coaching in that situation where they only coach one season a year, they could still say, well, this boy came in and jumped 10 as a freshman, jumped 13 as a senior, but they're not seeing that there could have been much more progress, you know, right. if they right. went through a process. Right. And I mean, I think like for us in our district, like right now, I think there's literally maybe three pole coaches out of all the schools. Yeah, like five or six. six yeah. Eight, yeah. Like so six we, schools. So it's kind of funny because we talk, we joke about how we're like the district coach because we have right. pretty much every school from our district with, with one exception come train with us. Mm-hmm. So we kind of try, and even the ones that do have a coach, we kind of try to be like, Livio's always described it as being the pitching coach. Like we're kind of just like, we're just a tool. We're not there to, you know, tell them they're doing something wrong. Like we kind of just want to build on the program that they are, yeah. that they already have to school. Cause I think one of my pet peeves personally is, you know, when other coaches talk bad about like their high school coach and I'm like, you have to build the trust. They have to trust the coach out there with 90% of the time. And you should just be that person. That's just kind of building that program up. And and even if something isn't done right, because I don't think anybody's purposely doing something wrong. It's just, they may not know, or like us, we're, we're still all learning and gaining knowledge, you know, from especially right now. Um, but I think our goal is always to be able to just be some kind of support and not necessarily, you know, shoot another program down or another coach. And I mean, we have a lot of those athletes, you know, and we, we have a rule with them. Like if you're practicing during the week with your coach, you shouldn't be coming to us during the week Mm -hmm. that 
I mean, your body needs rest at the end of the day. You shouldn't be going to your practice and coming to us or, you know, leaving your practice early to come to us. And I mean, I would hope that other coaches would kind of see it the same way, but you know, that's kind of our philosophy with that. Yeah. I I think that that's, that's a tough, tough line. I think it's good because it's hard. I think some people just don't want to turn vaulters away, but, but it's like, I think that's the right thing to do. It's like, wait, if you just jumped for two, three hours, you know, what are you going to do at my club? Like, I'm, yeah, you probably should be done. You're going to get shin splints or get some other type of injury, you know? Um, but again, I, I do feel like there are some people that not willing to turn people away. So they'll just allow that to happen, you know? Um, then the other thing, you know, I, I can see both sides of it. Cause I agree with you. Like I always try to be on the school side, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm very grateful. I have a lot of schools and a lot of coaches that love our program. They're very supportive of apex. In fact, we have a lot of schools that they're like, Oh, you're going to apex. You don't have to go to school practice. Just go to apex. <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah. Um, and, and I've, I've always tried to help as many high school public coaches as I could along the mm-hmm. way too. Um, Unfortunately, I don't know what you guys notice. I, I tend to see there's like a big rotation of, of pole vault coaches. If it's not somebody that's been at a school for a while, it's like a person coaches maybe one or two years and then they're gone, you know, um, oh, yeah. you know, that, that happens a lot. And so, you know, we end up being like the home base for a lot of the high schools mm-hmm. for their programs. Um, on, on the other hand, you do sometimes have you know, these coaches that are on power trips, like for me, I I don't care. You know, I never need to get a single ounce of credit. Like if one of my athletes jumps high, I don't care if the high school coach takes all the credit and they've never even spoken to the kid, like be my guest, you know, um, I want to keep people happy, but sometimes there starts to become an issue where coaches aren't allowing athletes to be successful. And, you know, Mm -hmm. before we were talking about the politics and baseball or, or football, but it's like, it could start to become political like that in track. I've, I've had athletes that unfortunately, yeah, they are good athletes, but they're really good pole vaulters and they want to focus and they want to try to develop their talent in the pole vault. Meanwhile, the head coach had plans of them being in the four by four, uh-huh. in the oh, yeah. one long jump, triple jump, all these other events. And it's like, okay, like that's cool. Like I totally get it. Like if we're at counties and they have to do more events, be my guest. Like I'm not, first of all, I've never told that not to do another event. But the thing is when the athlete wants to train properly and they're not allowing that to happen and then causing injury, you know, I've had oh, athletes yeah. who unfortunately have been injured due to overuse and that, that's the thing that I don't get, you know, and I've, I, I've obviously handled things very maturely and I've never yelled at anybody <laughs> scenarios. Um, but it's, it's just tough because sometimes you have to juggle that as well. Oh yeah. I mean, I think we've been very fortunate with like, our head coach, she's, she's always been very understanding and, you know, she's always trying to send kids our way and, and understands like if we have an athlete that does multiple events, you know, um, we've been fortunate that we're able to communicate with her and, and we kind of figure out a schedule out for them. Um, mm-hmm. that's going to be best for them physically and avoid injuries. So, yeah. but I mean, I think as far as, again, the kids from club, um, I think there's just so many different elements to consider. And and like you said, we try as hard, you know, to step away, but you know, we've had our instances where other coaches are like, you can't go there at all on Sundays, period. You can't go. Yeah. Again, we try to respect it. We leave it alone. And I mean, sometimes it is what it is, you know, we'll see them in the off season. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so crazy. Cause could you imagine a school English teacher telling a kid they couldn't go to SAT tutor? (laughs) You know what I mean? Like that's, that you, you'd be like, what? You can't tell me I can't go. You know, yeah. it, it, it gets kind of crazy because at the end of the day, I mean, you know, again, I feel very grateful. I get to work with so many different athletes, but it's like, it's the athlete's journey. It's not mine. Mm-hmm. We, right. We're just helping them along the way. And you could tell there are certain coaches that it's more about them. They want the, the meet wins and they want to be able to say, Hey, you know, I helped Johnny go to this D one school, yeah. you know, Regardless of the D1 school is a good fit or not either, which uh, is yeah. crazy. Yeah. That's a whole nother podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Um, just so then that's where egos get involved, you know, like people like you get coaches and everything. And then it's like, that's my athlete. Yeah. That's my athlete, you know? And it's yeah. funny. Cause like, and the whole, the, the big test is like when we have like an athlete, 
you know, we, and we, we try to communicate really well with the, with the coaches and we're like, Hey, again, I'm the pitching coach, you know, da, da, da. I'm not going to coach your athlete. Don't worry about it. But you know, you'll see some coaches that are like, they want to make sure that we're still on that same page. We'll show up at a meet and just, you know, saying hi to the athlete and Hey, good luck today. And the coach is like, you know, like, you know, you know, and I'm like, whoa, you know, like, I'm not gonna, I doesn't mean I can't say hi to them, you know, but that's that's the funny part in a sense too, though. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Funny thing, so believe it or not, we see that a lot, and even then, we're still the athletes are like, I can't believe you know, the parents are like, can't believe a coach treated you guys like that. We're just, yeah. we're still backing up the coach because yeah, they yeah. see them more, yeah. you know. So we don't want right. them not to trust them or even like lose respect in a sense for them. You know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. no, you know what? That's, you know, we don't care. You know, just, you know what? Are you having fun? You know, Hey, good job. You know? And that's right, it. Yeah. yeah I, I, mean, I think, I think the best bet is to tell people like, just try not to worry about it. Cause I, I've had a lot of athletes that, that have tough coaches and it's like, Hey, listen, just as long as you're getting to do your thing, you're getting a pole vault, like yeah. just take what you can get. Don't cause too much trouble unless it's something really drastic. You know what I mean? If you're getting taken advantage of or something like oh, that, yeah, yeah. that's different, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think it's easy for us because on, on our side at the Roosevelt side in the 12 seasons, we've been there. We've only had one athlete asked to go to another club period. Everybody has always just trusted us and coached yeah. and trained with us. So we've never been on the other side of an athlete going somewhere else yeah. And us having to be like, you know what I mean? And yeah. so we've been fortunate in that sense. We haven't, not fortunate, but we just haven't experienced that side of it where we're at a meet and they're looking at us and their club coach. It's right. for the most part, Roosevelt, they, they train with us during the regular season and they'll train with us in the off season. So, yeah. And not so, because they have to, they, it's just, it's just I mean, what happens. right. Right. And I mean, our Roosevelt kids, um, in the, during the season, they're not allowed to come to club because, again, we have a program set for them. Right. And in the off season, our non Roosevelt kids pay twenty dollars a session. Our Roosevelt kids are ten, so mm -hmm. it's pretty cheap. You know, if you yeah, want to come and train yeah. in a few days, it's it's pretty cheap. So, right. um, if you're right down the street here, you could go to the high school, pay ten dollars. I guess, in a sense, why would you go to another club thirty, forty minutes away and have to pay whatever their monthly dues are? So. Well, it's, it's, it's funny, you know, uh, so I have a couple things that I, I wanted to bring up, but one, like you bring up like payment, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I think pole vault clubs don't get it. Like I've had people always tell me, oh, you should raise your prices. You should raise your prices. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, listen, I get it. You know, poles are expensive, mats mm -hmm. are expensive, whatever, but I'm not competing against other pole vaulting clubs Thank as you. a business yeah. and as a sport, we're competing against other sports. And it's like, I always tell people, I'm like, um, who do you think has a higher participation rate, skateboarding or like equestrian sports? <laughs> skateboarding, because <laughs> yeah. it's so much cheaper. You get to the skateboard and you go roll wherever you want, you know? Right. And for pole vaulting, that's why I always feel like I try to make it as economical as possible. Mm -hmm. Like um, my, my most economical package is like for the season, which is at least 10 weeks, it's six fifty for three days a week, which ends up being about twenty dollars a session. Yeah, so yeah, it's really not bad. And when you compare that to other activities, it's like, oh my god, I'm on par, if not cheaper. You know? And oh yeah, yeah. And I mean, yeah. And I think for us, I mean, we've we've never raised our prices. They've they've always been what they are. Um, you know, we've had many people say you need to raise your prices. You need, like someone even suggested you need to raise your prices because the more they have to pay, they they think they're getting a better deal. And we're like, that's not what we're about. Like no. at the end of the day, like, like right now, luckily for us, Povot's not like our bread and butter. We, I do real estate. Livio does, uh, he's a loan officer. He's a notary. He does other stuff. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, Povot's not paying the bills for anything. If anything, like you said, the dues that we're getting are paying for that replacement pull or the tape right. or the jump ropes or the trampolines or you name a hundred other things that right. need to be replaced every season. So believe me we're not in it for the money at all because and that's why we haven't raised our, our rates because honestly we we're in it as we've said before if at the end of the day the only person at the end of the runway is one of our kids that's why we're here and everybody yeah. else is and that's how it started everybody else kind of just comes and join us because they want a fun safe place to jump and that's really our mission at the end of the day just we're going to turn the radio on you're going to take some jumps we're going to give you some feedback and yeah. you're going to have a good time that's right. it yeah, a hundred percent. You know, I, I, I totally agree. Um, to kind of go, go back, um, a couple other things. Uh, when you talk about like the coaches and the ones that are like, kind of like blocking you from even saying <laughs> hello to a kid, I always like, I'm shocked. I'm like, 
all right, I could almost accept that if that was an athlete, like, or a young person, but it's like, these are adults. How right. long, you know, have you, and you're still like that, you know, to, to me, even I had a situation at the club to kind of go off of what you were saying um, with how your high school kids, only one has ever wanted to go to another club. I, I've, I've sat down, I sat down with one of my guys a couple of years ago and I was like, look, cause Povo is so technical and people want to sell magic in the pole vault, which I don't know if oh, you yeah. realize. You know, it's like, listen, if you come to my club, I'm going to do the special drill and you're going to PR three feet, guaranteed. Yeah. And it's like, oh, man. Like, and listen, I think it's a little bit different from like Livio, your high school experience where you were getting no coaching. You had like maybe one or two poles. And now mm-hmm. you go work with Brian Yokoyama, who is a coach, has poles and <laughs> can take you through. A, oh, yeah. like, having no coaching to a coach, yes, you'll see big improvement. Of course, but if like, yeah. you have a good coach and now you go to another good coach, like I always argue with people. I'm like, let's say so-and-so is a better coach than me. I give you that. By how much percent? <laughs> 5%, 10%, 20, 50. Do I suck that bad? Like, <laughs> like, like what, how much better is that coach? Right. And so it's like, I think that happens it, it, as you start to jump higher, almost as an athlete, you start getting the DMS or the comments like, Oh dude, you really got to fix X, Y, and Z. And you're yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yo, you should yeah. come by my place. And it's like, I even sat this one kid down and I said, listen, I, I go, I totally get it. Like, if you don't trust me, you know, a hundred percent, and you need to go try something else, mm-hmm. go right ahead. Yeah. That's for a day, for a week, a month, forever. And yeah. if you ever change your mind, you want to come back, my door is always open. Okay. I'm not, this is not my first rodeo. I understand th- these things happen. And it's like, you need to do what you need to do. Just like yeah. I need right. to do what I need to do at the end of the day, you know? And that's how I've, I've especially in the recent years, how I've been handling those types of things. Because I think, and especially, I I don't know what you guys think about this, but it's like nobody's ever walking up to your seven foot girl or your ten foot boy and going, "Hey, man, I can get you to jump 15. They're always going up to your established athlete that you've been training for years, and they're like, "Hey, come to my club." It's like, dude, I, listen, I can make a lot of twelve foot vaulters if I take thirteen foot vaulters from other people. Yeah, I mean, for us, we don't. We know we don't recruit at all, period. We right. don't recruit athletes. Honestly, everybody that comes to us is word of mouth. Mm-hmm. It's you type in a Google search polva and if we're close by, it it pops up. But it's on that's how we've built our club. It's never been we don't go to gymnastics gyms and recruit. We don't I mean, we were just talking actually about how to recruit for Roosevelt because right. we're not getting some of those junior high kids that are coming to our school. We're not being able to reach them, but that's a, again a whole nother podcast. Yeah. Um we're just trying to Again, it's word of mouth. It's, hey, uh, we have, aside from our district, we have another district, a nearby district that from every single school, we have an athlete come from from those schools mm-hmm. because they don't have coaches. So we're never trying to recruit athletes that are already established and that have, because right. if you're jumping high, you probably have a coach that, that has been coaching yeah. you. We're honestly, I want to say that 90% of the kids we get are brand new to pole vault. Right. We're going to teach them from the ground up. And that's kind of, are the base of our club. And like you said, a lot of the kids are just, Hey, they're six footers, they're seven footers and they've been working their butts off. So we're kind of proud of the fact, like I said, that we don't go out there and try to get kids. Hey, come to us. We're fun. We're this. It's just, Hey, we're here. You want a club hop by all means, pay your $20, sign your waiver and come jump. That's it. You know? Yeah. Nothing else to it. And then going back to like philosophies, as far as like, you know, like when I have an athlete that'll come and say, well, my coach is disagreeing with what you're doing here. You know, we try to explain to them because we'll never, you know, we don't say like, this is the only way, this is it. Right. So my saying is, and this was, you know, uh, I got this from Brian, of course. And he goes, the beauty about pole vault, and I explained this to all these athletes and even coaches, you will never perfect the sport. You can never perfect the sport. But that's what's so beautiful about the sport yeah. because you will always improve, number one. Yeah. So if this athlete's saying, you know, my coaches, you know, and then again, a whole nother podcast, right? Bottom arm, or bottom right. arm, right? So. And then I'm a strong bottom arm guy, really yeah. tall and moving in, moving both arms. And, you know, this kid, kid will come in and say, well, you know, I told my coach, he was, a, he was okay with me coming, but da, 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 da. I said, well, that's the beauty about this sport. So it worked for him and it works for a lot of the your athletes, you know, then, then, Hey, you know, Johnny, you could do whatever you want, but this is our program. So like what you were saying earlier, yeah. we have our program. This is how we teach and train our kids here. 
You know what I mean? So yeah. this is what we believe. This is our philosophy and this is what we're going to go by. And this is what's helped us and helped a lot of our athletes. You know what I mean? Right. So again, yes, you could have coaches and we've had coaches. Like last year I had, uh, well, three of my high school boys, three of my Roosevelt boys were over 15. I had and in club wise together. I think we had, well, like seven or eight, mm-hmm. seven or eight kids over 15, right? One in one season. And here's the funny thing. Um, the majority of the boys were jumping 15 plus on 14 foot poles. Okay. Yeah. Jumping over yeah. their top hands. And I had coaches coming up to me saying, you know, your boys would jump a lot higher if you put them on like 16 foot poles. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, no, it, it's funny because they would. Right. And then, you know, these kids, were, and then their athletes were jumping, you know, 14, 14, six on 16 foot poles, you know? And it's like, yeah. and I'm like, well, it's again, that's, that's awesome, you know, or jumping the same, let's say as our boys. But the funny thing is it's different philosophies, you know, and right. I'm big on jumping over your top hand, going to the next pole yeah. and you got to earn that next pole. You know what right. I mean? So that was a funny thing. And when I have, and I'm sure there was a lot of coaches that were saying that, and even other athletes, like, why, 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 why are they jumping? They're capped off, you know, but then you get into the whole Sam Kendricks thing. It's the same thing, you know? Right. Well, I, and that talk about a video that was good. That that was great to watch. You know, Scott Kendrick, Sam's dad, talking oh, yeah. about that and how they had to battle through that. And look, like like you said, there's a lot of different ways to attack this. Yeah, maybe you need to get on a bigger pole. Maybe you just need to be more efficient. You know, like yeah. you have to see you know the athlete, and that's where us as coaches we have to watch the jumps and watch the athlete, and say, like, okay, where where do we need to go with this? You know, yeah. Um, or where, but, do, where do they need to go with it? Where they, are they comfortable? Because right. it's really because because I could say, man, you got to go up like five poles, you know, and it's like, but yeah. is the athlete okay with it? Is you know, yeah, is the athlete yeah, comfortable? Yeah, Not just that, but are they going to be consistent? Right. Because you're going to have these athletes that we call them yo-yoing, where it's like you hit 15 feet and then they're jumping 12 feet, 13 feet. What's wrong here? What's going on? Right. So we're getting into the mental part of it, you know? Right, right. Sure. And, and and for that athlete that's inconsistent like that, they're probably very inconsistent on the runway and inconsistent with their plant and takeoff. And so it's like for that kid, it's like, no, you you might be keeping them on a smaller pole because that's the safest way to get them to jump. And if oh, you yeah. go too big, it's like, sure, the one time out of 10, it might work. But the other nine times, it's going to be really unsafe. So those are things that we always have to consider a, a, as coaches. Right. Uh, yeah, it's it, it just it's so wild. And like I I um, I don't know if you ever saw. I made a meme. It was like with a, a Simpsons character, and it was like, oh, like uh, why don't you just use a longer pole? It's like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Like it's not that easy, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I know Brian. Brian Yokoyama told me a great story. He had some guy at Mount Sac that on a 14-foot pole, I believe he said he jumped 16.9. If not 16.9, it was 16. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he did. This was recently. This was about like four years ago. Yeah. I was like, wow. And it's like me and Brian were talking on the phone. It's like, so for those people, it's like they would be like, oh, my God, why is that kid still on a 14-foot pole? Because that's what that kid can handle. That's it, you know? And and it was a 14 one ninety and the kid yeah. weighed, I think, about a buck thirty, buck forty. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So, <laughs> it's so like, awesome. Whew, you know? Well, and and that that's where in the pole vault too, uh, you know, and we've been doing this for a while, so if you guys gotta go, I understand we could we could finish. No, you're good, man. Um, My kid's still napping, so <laughs> <laughs> but um but that's the thing that I, I feel like people don't realize. Like just because someone's not jumping an Olympic height doesn't mean it's not a good vault. Like seeing I, – I mean I can't imagine like I, I would love to see video. You know, that must look awesome. A kid on a 14-foot pole jumping 16.9. Like that's amazing. That's real skill. That's real talent. Just because it's not 19 feet doesn't we, – we don't have to disregard it. I mean I – to be honest, I feel like I've seen girls jump nine, ten feet that had beautiful jumps. Like, you know, it's like this, oh, yeah. this is how you'd want everyone to jump. And right. I think we need to give more respect to that kind of stuff, too. Right. And I mean, I think obviously this isn't the end goal for everybody that jumps with us. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we want if the kids are going to jump at the collegiate level at any division, yeah. we want them to have the foundation to be able to, you know, because let's face it, we don't get them for a long period of time. Mm-hmm. And we don't necessarily, we're not necessarily able to train them the way that we would if they were at the college level. We don't, we can't do strength training with them in the off season. We don't do work on speed as much as we would like to. So our, 
goal for the kids that are moving on at the collegiate level is for them to have that foundation and to be able to build on that foundation so that they could go to the longer pole so that they could go to a longer run. You know, once they work on all the other stuff that they got to work on when they could work with the coach full time. Yeah. I I feel like also it's like if they have a good foundation, it's more streamlined to get better. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's not a culture shock. Yeah. That kid who's got the low pole carry moving his arms and getting slammed at takeoff. It's like that kid, you're going to have to start from, Step one. And imagine if that guy's jumping 16 feet already. Right. Yeah, exactly. How do you change that? You you detrain to retrain, you know, and it's like, and, and, but are they okay with that? You know? Right. And, and so it's like that, that's the thing, or that kid's just going to stay at 16 and that's it. I've seen athletes with poor technique who they could get faster and stronger and they only jump a little bit higher Mm -hmm. because the technique is so poor that so much energy is being wasted at that, that takeoff, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. And I think, I mean, like I said, for us, a lot of the kids that have been that go on, you know, to, to pole vault in college, it's like the coach is able to see, you know, they'll send the video and they're like, okay, I I could get you to jump higher if we do this again, if not that we're training them wrong, but if they could actually train with them more than the little time that we get with them, because let's face it, four years, that's not a long time. And that's assuming they came to us as a freshman. Right. Because most of the right. kids are like, oh, my friend tried it and I'm a junior and I want to try it now. Well, especially so. if they play other sports, you know, because yeah. then sometimes we won't see them until, you know, after that first like football players, yeah. let's say after football, you know. Yeah. Right, yeah. Right, and right. I mean, I think for us, one of the other elements and, you know, it's good and bad is let's face it. If you're coming to us as a as a club athlete, you know, a lot of times we get the parents that are like, why are you doing that? I, you know, and I'm going to take my kids to three different clubs and, you know, start to wear them down. So, I mean, there's so many elements that get, again, that we, I don't want to, we have to manage because we have to manage that parents like, well, why do you have my kid on a 1240 when they're jumping on a 1360 at their school? And it's like, well, right. we're, we're not working on the plant or we're working on the drive or we're working on getting their hips up, or, whatever or the, the case may be. the length of approach might be different. It's like, that's right. true. Exactly. Seven left, maybe they're on that, but we're at a three right now, you know? Well, yeah. That's exactly what happened. And I mean, I, for me personally, I say that because I learned that the hard way as a parent when Garden first started, I was like, oh, well, let's go here. Let's go to that club. Let's go to this coach. And, you know, Olivia had to sit me down eventually and just say, hey, you know, you need to just let me, let me coach her. Trust me a hundred percent. And guarding went from jumping 12 to 13. And in the time that I was, I kind of backed off as a mom and said, okay, you figured out, you do it, you guys train and we have good intentions, but sometimes those good intentions, you know, you're throwing your, a lot at your kid. And like you said, if they're coming to us and we're like, okay, let's do a three left. And the parents like, but they run from a six left at their school. Why are you putting the, you know, if you're questioning everything, it's like, we're like, why, why did you come to us? <laughs> Well, it's almost like, imagine like, you, you you know, you want to cook something for dinner and you're looking through recipes and instead of following one recipe, you're like, well, I like a little bit of this recipe and that recipe. And then all of a sudden you look at what you just cooked and you're like, oh, this looks like diarrhea. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what yeah. anymore, you know? Yeah. Like, so it's like, it's better just to follow one recipe. And I, I've always told people too, it's like, uh, regardless of, uh, which philosophy or technical model we like the best, right? Um, you can have someone who is maybe coaching the worst model, right? You, you, like me, like the three of us would agree. It's like, okay, that's terrible. You should not be jumping like that. But if they have athletes that are following and trusting that coach and they're coaching that model to the best of that model's ability, those athletes are going to be way more successful than someone who's like cherry picking, you know, a little bit oh, of yeah. everything, you know? Yeah. I mean, and I think at the end of the day too, it comes, it comes down to mindset. If you know, you brought up the word trust and for us, trust is very important. Trust to us doesn't mean that you're only going to listen to what we say, but that you're going to be honest, that you're going to be able to communicate with us effectively and say, you know what, coach, I just don't understand what you mean when you say this, or can you explain this in a better way as opposed to not saying anything? And then, you know, we're like, well, what happened? Cause we always tell the kids at the end, Give us suggestions. If something didn't make sense, how can we make it better? Or, right. you know, if we were doing too much of this or less of that, you're not going to hurt our feelings because at the end of the day, we are voluntary co- coaches and we're spending a lot of time with you. We would rather make that as effective as possible in the short period of time that we have with you, as opposed to wasting our time if you didn't understand something. But it does come down to trust and being able communication. to communication. Yeah. Being able to communicate effectively. And we've had some amazing athletes that are just able to say like, yeah, that's not working for me. I need to do something different. And we adapt to yeah. that. So I think it comes down to being adaptable and being flexible for, for all of us, for us as coaches yeah. and them as athletes and the parents. 
Yeah. Awesome. Well, is there anything else that you guys wanted to add before we end the podcast? I mean, I think for us, just, you know, everybody, you know, there's a lot. We see everybody kind of on different phases, you know, from all over the world as far as like the whole COVID-19 thing. And I think for us, our philosophy with it is we're everybody wants to jump. Everybody wants to pull vault right now. And we're kind of just trying to do our part. I think the more everybody does their part, the sooner we could get out there and not have to go out there and then have to be restricted again, because, Hey, we, you know, there's another outbreak. And I mean, for us, we're just trying to follow follow the guidelines as much as we want to go out there. And I mean, it would be so easy for us to just put a pit in a, in a runway somewhere and just say, okay, let's jump. But that's not what we're about. We just, we're trying to just follow the guidelines and just get back out there when it's safe for everybody, not just for us or for our family. But we have a lot of first responders, a lot of doctors, a lot of police officers, a lot, a lot of nurses that come to our club and we're trying to keep everybody safe. So that's kind of it. Man, I, I just think you guys are great. You, you guys have such a awesome positivity. That's why I'm so glad you guys did, uh, did the podcast today. Um, if somebody wants to follow you guys on Instagram, do you guys want to mention your Instagram handle or anything else? Oh, or, yeah. or if I live near you, how do I contact you for when this is over and I want to jump with you? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, we have obviously the Instagram, the ultimate pole club. Um, you could DM us on there. I think Livio's info is on there. Our website link is on there as well. And anybody that wants to come jump, like I said, we're per session mm-hmm. club. So if you sign the waiver, you pay your $20, you could come once a month, once a year, every Sunday when we're open, obviously it's, we don't have contracts. You're not tied to us. If, if you want to try mm-hmm. us and all the other clubs, by all means, awesome. that's kind of what we're here for. Awesome. Well, well thanks for, for doing the podcast guys. Um, and thanks for everybody that's, that's listening.